Welcome to Health Matters, Sonoma's weekly program devoted to health and well-being. Each week through interviews, editorials, and listener participation, we will explore topics and issues of contemporary medicine and its relationship to the lifestyles of our community. Our goal is to provide you with information and resources to help you achieve and maintain what you deserve, a happy, healthy, and productive life. I'm your host, Dr. Ned Hoke, a veteran in natural methods healthcare, speaking with you today from Sonoma Valley, California, for an hour of health topic digestion and discussion. Please stay with us. And welcome back, Health Matters listeners. Thank you for joining us again this rainy day here in Sonoma. It's quite a day uh, for those of you who like mud. Because um, we're getting a good good shower today, I have to I have to admit that when I read not long ago that the <clears throat> the the mountains are, are now sufficiently filled with water that we'll be able to last another year, which is a very good news for those of us who are still somewhat horrified or tr- troubled at least by the, the the ongoing kind of summer drought periods that seem longer and longer as years go on. So. Uh, today, we're going to be joined by <clears throat> Elliot Robertson. And Elliot Robertson is a joy coach. And I don't, I, I don't know what that is exactly, so I, I'm hoping that Elliot will tell us all about it. Um, the, he's written a book called You Say Yes to Life, Seven Keys to Living Full Out Within, From Within. Living Full Out From Within. And... Um, you know, how often have we looked at ourselves in the mirror and say, am I really happy? Or we've wondered about our happiness. Well, happiness is something we do wonder about, I'm sure. Most of us probably do one time or another during the day or during the week or during the something in our lives. And so to talk about uh, happiness seems like a very wise and useful thing to do. And Elliot Robertson will have a lot to say about that. <clears throat> and then when we're done with Elliot, which will be whenever that is. We're going to go back. We had such a nice response to our reading last week from Pico Ayer's book, The Art of Stillness. And there'd been, there was quite a, a, a appreciative response to that. So the end of the program, assuming we have time, we'll be able to do something of that. And then if we still have more time, we'll go back to our reading from Dr. Sarah Myhill, and the sustainable medicine book that we started again last week, Whistleblowing on the 21st Century Medical Practice. It's a, quite a provocative book that offers uh, a lot of insight in terms of how to sort of manage the situation of our well-being from a practical medical point of view, but one that is inclusive of a lot of just sort of behavioral changes that oftentimes are not all that attractive to those of us who who like to eat corn chips and, and watch TV all day. But for other people, that's a, Sarah Myhill has got quite a lot to offer. So our guest should be with us here shortly. So let me read a little something from the, the, the material that I have. I didn't get a chance actually to read this book since it came over the bow very recently, and I just sort of jumped at it since I thought we needed to have some some joy in our lives. So let me turn to the pages that are appropriate for that. Hold on for me with a minute here. Um, This could be it. 
That's a biography. Here it is. They call this, they call this the on-air introduction. <clears throat> Elliot Robertson is a love and joy coach, an author, a certified happiness workshop leader. I'm interested to find out what a certified happiness workshop leader is. Um, Elliot is the author of Say Yes to Life, Seven Keys to Living a Full Out from Within. He has written uh, de devotionals for the Daily Word magazine, as well as articles in the Science of Mind and Wisdom magazine. He holds a master's degree in psychology. No surprise. Uh, for years, Elliot constantly squelched his desires uh, uh, the moment they emerged. His constant refrain was, yes, I'd like to be friends with that person, but I'm not good enough. The belief that he was not good enough was pervasive. Whenever he, his heart voiced, uh, voiced a desire, it was immediately ruled out whether the desire was related to career advancement, relationships, or money. Um, in college, he never asked a woman out who had captured his heart at first glance. After graduating, he worked entry-level jobs for years. His low self-esteem led him to sabotage relationships with the man within a year of meeting him and falling in love. Now, he has compassion for the young man he used to be. He has gradually come to know that the cosmos is benevolent and majestic and creates only images of its own nature. The transformation has revealed to him his passion and purpose for supporting others in their journey of liberation to the, from the misery and paralysis that comes with low self-esteem. Though the course, through the course of his journey, he has discovered the keys to opening the doorways to the realm of day-to-day -day authentic ha happiness. He's committed to sharing these keys through his writing and his coaching. So that's our... That's the bio from our, at least part of the bio from our guest, who should be with us in just a moment, if he's, if he's all on, in, on time. And what we'll be able to talk to Elliot about is, um, is we'll be able to ask questions. Is happiness something we're born with? Or is it just, and it's also, is happy just an emotion or just a feeling that kind of comes and goes? and ask questions like that. And of course, this will be an opportunity for our listeners to call in and ask their uh, questions about happiness. I'm sure Elliot will have some thoughtful answers to any questions that our listeners may have. And for our listeners who may want to get ready to call in, which we're hoping they will do, remember our, our call-in number is 933-9133. Welcome to Health Matters. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. This is Elliot Robertson. Yes, Elliot Robertson. Well, we were just talking about you. Can, imagine, can you imagine that? Wonderful. Yeah. And so I had shared with the audience that you were a happiness coach. And so right away, I'm sure in the, some of our listeners' mind is, what is that? What is a happiness coach? Tell us a little bit about what a happiness coach is and, and sort of get us started in, the, in that way. And then also while you're doing that, Talk a little bit about coaching also as such, because we, we keep hearing so much about coaching. It's kind of everywhere you go, there's coaching this, coaching that. So give us a little sort of synopsis of your view about this world that we're in now, so full of coaches. So those are two questions. What is a happiness coach and kind of what is it going on in our lives that so much coaching seems to be going on? Yes. I'll start with the second question. Um, okay. 
as far as I'm concerned, a coach is someone who supports you to support yourself in becoming happy or, or whatever it is that they're um, they're focusing on. Right. Um, so uh, I can't make anyone happy. Uh, that's really an inside job. So all I can do really is just sort of guide people in the right direction, um, and I support them in supporting themselves. It really is up to um, my clients to take the journey, uh, and I can certainly help um, provide them with guides and, <clears throat> pardon me, and, um, you know, uh, just the wealth of experience and tools and tips and so on and so forth, and just really um, answering their questions and dealing with what's uh, up for them right in that moment, mm-hmm. as opposed to being theoretical. Right. Well, you have a psychology background, it says here, and an MA in M- 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 psychology. So tell us, did you ever begin as a psychologist, or did you ever practice psychology in, in a forthright kind of psychologist kind of way? No, I haven't done that. Uh-huh, okay. But you were interested in the topic, apparently. Yeah, I've always been interested in psychology, and um, I've moved on to be more interested in spirituality more recently, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's more powerful uh, for transformation than psychology um, without the spiritual dimension. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you do talk about—I didn't, didn't get a chance to, uh, to actually look at your book since I didn't actually even get a copy. Normally, I'll get a copy of a book in advance, and then I have a chance to you know, look at it and then have some deeper. So in your case, in this case particularly, all I have is what your publicist sent me with sort of a synopsis and a list of questions and so on. So you please excuse me for not really being able to speak to your book in any kind of forthright way since I actually haven't had a chance to see it. Um, but you do, t- in what I've read, and of course I did go to your website, what I've read is uh, kind of what you just alluded to a little bit about how the the spiritual dimension is really kind of a little more where you are than the psychological dimension. And, and of course, the, the world of the spirit has a great deal to do with uh, the sense of well-being and the sense of being being in a good place in the world or not being in a good place in the world. And, and, and so maybe say a little bit about your own kind of engagement with the spirit world, if you would, and, and talk about the things that have, have drawn you into that, if you, if, you, if you choose to say something about that. Well, I've always been interested in uh, mystics. Um, all my life I've been reading, uh, I guess initially, Alan Watts when I was a teenager, and right. he wrote a book called In My Own Way. It was his autobiography. Right. And I decided that um, that is really um, everyone's, story, everyone's autobiography, the title for everybody to have, because we all live our lives in our own way. Uh, we all take our own journeys, and we're all unique. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my um, initial introduction to the spiritual world, I guess. And then from there, I ended up uh, also reading other mystics, such as Meister Eckhart and the Saints. I'm definitely very interspiritual. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And... Okay, so then, then there's a so you've you've had the blessings really of a lot of inspiration of of, of high level thinkers and and teachers. So you you come at this. I guess part of what I'm trying to do is sort of build the foundation to where we're going in terms of our discussion of happiness because it's there's happiness can be imagined to be sort of just sort of glee. It can just be sort of, sort of feeling good, which is sort of a momentary thing. But as you point out in what I've read of what you've written. Happiness is something that has to have a foundation. So maybe you could start with our listeners, for our listeners' benefit. Talk a little bit about the foundation, the building of the foundation of happiness as you understand it. 
Yes. Um, I think a lot of the foundational work is really about um, moving beyond what you believe to be true about yourself. I think we all um, have a tendency to, um, from the culture or from our own psychological makeup or whatever, uh, who knows how many sources there are. There are many, many sources. But we all do have tendencies to uh, come up with beliefs about ourselves that really are not true. Mm-hmm. And um, it can be very difficult on your own to pierce those beliefs because we just imbibe those uh, self-images um, unthinkingly and unquestioningly so often. Uh, so that's definitely one of the key pillars or one of the key foundations to um, being open to uh, a more expansive view of yourself. Uh, first, just piercing that bubble of who, who you think you are and being willing to be mistaken about uh, who you might be and, and being willing to um, look into and explore and discover um, more nobility and majesty and glory within you. Mm-hmm. Well, you speak about as I re- read some that, the little that I could see here that there's there's a there's a drawing to a sort of a, a deep existential authenticity that you sort of speak to a little bit. So, how did how do you perceive this discovery of authenticity? How how is that connected to the foundation of, of happiness? Yes. Um, I'm glad you asked that question because um, the way I approach going uh, uh, cultivating happiness is I don't uh, invite people to go to the front door of the happiness house uh, <laughs> to use a metaphor, or in other words, I don't uh, I don't encourage people to chase happiness uh-huh. uh, right. directly at all. Okay. In fact, when I'm working with clients, we almost never talk about happiness. Mm. We are much more likely to um, go through the back door of the happiness house, which might be the harmony door. Uh, another back door is the alignment door. Mm-hmm. Um, and these will get you into a happiness state uh, if you cultivate the harmony first or the alignment first. Mm-hmm. So, um, in other words, um, another way of thinking about it perhaps would be um, to not enter the happiness uh, house through the mind but through the heart because mm-hmm. alignment and harmony um, have a lot more to do with the heart uh, and the mind is just not as powerful. It just won't really get you uh, into the, uh, a sustainable joy and mm-hmm, happiness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, the heart, of course, is 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 uh, aligns itself with some of the deepest thinking that we've that probably you and I have read on the course of our lives, and 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 of course in our own sense of heart, our our own sense of heart connections, and so on. We 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 sort of identify heart with the the sort of richer layer of human existence, um, rather than kind of going back to what you were saying in terms of the front door kind of thing. The heart is a sort of a deeper, a deeper part of that foundation we were starting to talk about. So, you see, but you seem to be saying that uh, that happiness, there, there, no, there's wait a minute, there's happiness is something that we're born with. No, it's quite different. It, it's the, the popular notion is happiness is not just an emo, it's just an emotion, feeling that it comes and goes. People are always uh, saying that happiness is fleeting. Can you say more about your understanding of happiness and how we might be different from the usual definition? I like that question, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I really do believe that we are all born with happiness in the truest sense of the word. Mm-hmm. Um, and perhaps for clarity, I could really change that to we're all born with an undercurrent of joy mm-hmm. in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, because happiness can be a tricky word sometimes, and it has maybe different meanings for different people. Right. Um, but joy, I think, is a slightly more pure word um, mm-hmm. that really isn't... Um, tied to the outer world as much as happiness is, I suppose. Mm -hmm. So I really do believe we come into the world with um, joy, and um, I like to just bring people's uh, attention and uh, vision and uh, bring people's um, focus to the joy within um, by sort of taking, helping them uh, get beyond the distractions and beyond the conditions of... um, the mental thinking, such as, oh, I'll be happy after such and such happens, mm-hmm. or um, the, the, the more surface uh, understandings of happiness. Uh, once we sort of take those um, more surface things away, what's left is the joy and the happiness that we're born with. Mm-hmm. Splendid. Well, we're speaking to Elliot Robertson and his book, The... Um the say yes, say to, yes to life. Say, say yes, thank you. Say yes to life. And of course, that's a very provocative title all by itself. And, and of course, saying yes to life has sort of uh, lots of places to go with it. We're going to come back from a break, uh, Elliot, so please do stay with us. And listeners also stay with us. We, we, we're, we will get a chance to ask Elliot some questions. Is that is that okay, Elliot, by the way? Wonderful. Okay, so please feel free to, to, do, to get ready for that. And uh, I'll be back with you in just a moment, so please stay tuned. It's Thursday, January 16th, 2020, and you are listening to your Voice of the Valley, KSVY 91.3 and .org worldwide. Rain in the forecast today with possible thunderstorm this afternoon. 100% chance of rain and thunderstorms today with a high near 53. New rainfall amounts between a half and three quarters of an inch possible today. 40% chance of rain before 10 o'clock tonight. Patchy fog after 10, mostly cloudy, low 33. On Friday, that patchy fog will be with us early morning hours. And don't forget, any chance you get, check out our website, ksvy.org, and find out more about your local nonprofit volunteered staff radio station and how you can be a part of it. Welcome back to Health Matters. Dr. Ned Hope today, joined by Elliot Robertson in his book called Say Yes to Life. And your, your, your book discusses seven distinct keys. So each key is different from the other. And so maybe you could start kind of walking us through some of what those keys are and and start to inform our listeners so they can also help form up their questions in terms of how they might uh, be interested in the book itself and also how they might be able to take advantage of what you're sharing with us today. Wonderful. Why don't we um, look at a few of them, um, certainly. Um, And the fifth key is say yes to freedom from the past. Um, so I just am helping people to, um, not necessarily carry around the stories and stuff from the past that, uh, we so often tend to, there is a great proclivity to just look back at our childhood or some experiences that we may have had in the past, perhaps, uh, that have been hurtful and, uh, or maybe the, um, the, 
words that were said to us that may have um, they maybe were critical and so on and so forth. And then those words that were critical become internalized and we continue to carry around the negative self-talk uh, that was perhaps a father's voice or whatever. Um, there's just a lot of different ways in which humans tend to carry the past around. And so that key, uh, the fifth key, um, say yes to freedom from the past, mm. helps people to uh, just first of all notice how uh, they might be doing, might be carrying it around, and then um, to just bring that um, chapter in their life, uh, that cycle, to a close and just turn the page uh, for a new um, relationship with themselves, a new relationship with the world, a new self-image. And do you, do you, do you use, um, with your clients, do you use kind of visualizations and meditations? Tell us a little bit about kind of how you actualize. It's one thing to have it, the principle that you just gave us some principles there, but how, how do you then help your clients actualize some of these guidances that you provide? Yes, I do have meditations and guided visualizations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, so, let's coming back to the, the we've got we've got seven keys to work with. We've touched one. Let's 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 be generous with our listeners and and show show them some more keys, if you wouldn't mind. Of course, another key in the book is saying yes to knowing what you want. It's not saying yes to what you want. It's saying yes to knowing what you want. Mm. And. Um, I believe that we all really, in our heart of hearts, do know what we want. And I think um, at the deepest level, what our hearts are always asking for and always wanting us uh, to go after, and uh, they always yearn for loving and being loved. Mm -hmm. In the most broad and general sense, I'm not just talking about romantic love. Mm Um, so it's really uh, that key is just to get in touch with those deepest yearnings uh, of the heart, the deepest longings within us, and um, to really just acknowledge and, and know what we want on that deep level. And how do you, again, I'm still kind of at the how, how-to place, uh, how do you, what, what sort of suggestions do you kind of offer to, to actually, I'm, I'm trying to, because re- I'm remembering, I, I used to, a long time ago, I used to work with a man named Fritz Perls, was a gestalt therapist, and he he had an interesting way of of um, helping people discover their true voice, and and so I've but that 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 kind of looking for that deeper inner voice that sort of the one that you were talking about a moment ago, which is sort of either depressed or repressed or somehow pushed aside. So coming back to you again, what? Are you are you having people journaling to find those things, or how how are you doing that? I mean, how, how what 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 sort of typical steps do you help people say? Well, if you try this, this, and this, you might get a chance to get a little closer to that to that inner desire, the inner want that you were just describing a moment ago. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't really have any formula uh, uh, for that, okay. um, mm-hmm. but I do. Um, you know, support people in just getting in touch with their inner knower and mm-hmm. just be beginning with um, the understanding. Uh, I just ask people, you know, to, if they're willing to um, mm-hmm. see themselves as having the inner knower and just to begin with that, if they're willing to um, start with that as the premise of... Um, of looking within and exploring and discovering what's true for them. Mm-hmm. And so people, 
when when they're confronted by the invitation that you've just given us, for instance, um, I suspect that sometime people are going to say, "Well, I don't know how to do that," you know, and what 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 does that look like? And also, if I do that, is that is that is that a step on the road to happiness, or how does that fit into the the seven steps? I mean, how does that how does that tie the things together? Can you say something about that? Um, that wasn't a very good question. I'm sorry. That was... That's okay. No. Um, yeah. Um, a lot of, I guess, one of the ways we can look at the journey um, that I'm uh, hopefully supporting my clients in taking good. is um, a journey of um, really dropping the judgments mm-hmm. and going into discernment. Mm-hmm. And I, I suppose that when I was talking about the inner knower, I wasn't being very clear, and this might be a little bit more clear. Um, t- uh, I just really believe that we all have the capacity to um, look at our world through our heart's eyes or through discernment mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. through um, seeing ourselves and the world around us through the eyes of love. And uh, we can do that after, you know, only if um, we're not looking through the eyes of judgment, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which is the mind's tendency. Right. When we appeal to the heart, we're more likely to see through the eyes of love. Ah. So there's always, it's always going to be one or the other. It's never going to be um, in the middle of the continuum at any one moment in time. Mm-hmm. So um, that's one of the things that, uh, one of the approaches I use when mm-hmm. working with clients uh, on the journey towards, uh, say, inner harmony. And then from there, um, a lo- another key to inner harmony is self-respect. And one of the concrete ways we can help ourselves add money to the self-respect bank account, so to speak, Great. increase our self-respect, Great. is through keeping our word um, and being mindful and sensitive to uh, what other people um, might appreciate uh, as opposed to imposing our own um, ego trip <laughs> into a situation. Mm-hmm. Well, that's certainly something that we all have to pay attention to, and, and it's 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 uh, so coming back to um, the the, uh, the 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 say here goes does the, does the heart play a central role in the journey from bitterness? Or misery to happiness. In other words, yeah, well, you just sort of answered that question. So, so, so much of the heart is in in say yes to life. And so you've you've answered that question. So, has your experience as a happiness coach prepared you? In no, how has your experiences uh, as a happiness coach prepared you to write this book? Yes, um, I guess. What ended up happening was I had been doing a lot of research uh, on the route to becoming a happiness coach, research on happiness. Mm. And so when I was writing the book, I was already um, partway done with the book. I had done the research part of it. Um, Also, um, you were talking about bitterness, and my own life story is... Uh, something that also prepared me to write the book, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, throughout my youth, I was very bitter. I was always complaining to life about life being unfair, always feeling like I'd gotten the short end of the stick, very jealous of everyone around me who mm-hmm. had better jobs and more money than what they were making and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So um, I was really um, just living in the energy of bitterness for many years. Oh, my. 
Yeah, and then I did make the transformation um, to being totally non-bitter. I really think I have come to the place where I just don't have bitterness at all from one day to the next. Wow. Well, that's that's an incredible uh, cha- change then for you. I mean, that that's that certainly that, all by itself. That probably that single that single fact that you just gave us probably is is just enough inspiration to write a book like this because the the the, the weight and the the uh, the unhappiness that, that that carrying on a carrying a bitter heart through the course of the day, my goodness, that's such a heavy load, isn't it? Yes, and I didn't really uh, fully recognize that that's where I was at the time. It's only in hindsight that I noticed that I was so miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, when people said to me uh, back then, well, it doesn't seem like you're very happy, I was like, hmm, I'm not so sure about that. And looking back, uh-huh. I realized that the feedback I was getting was really right on. I was not very happy. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have been able to write this book if I didn't have the firsthand experience of going from a place of misery to a place of general happiness. Most of the time I wake up in a spirit of gratitude and joy. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm sure that a lot of our listeners would, would, would love to have that experience in their own lives. So let's give our listeners a chance to join in the discussion here today. We're talking to Elliot Robertson, and it's ElliotRobertsonCoach.com. Is that correct? That's right. Okay. Yes. So uh, for those of you who want uh, to talk with uh, Elliot today— you can give us a call at 707-933-9133. We'll be happy to receive your call, and you can uh, have a word with Elliot on the, t- on the topic that we're on, if you choose to, and uh, so please feel free for the rest of the hour. So coming back to, um, while we're waiting for somebody, should, should someone decide to call? Hope you will. You'd, I see a mention of St. Francis of Assisi. So tell us a little bit about how St. Francis has fit into your uh, the window of your awareness, the window of your uh, coming to the the light that you're uh, sharing with us today. Yes, um, I find him to be a really wonderful role model, a wonderful example of someone who I'm quite sure he was living generally in a very happy state. Mm-hmm. I'll just share one quick story about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, at some at one point in his life, he was um, just walking uh, around. Um, I guess in nature, and he ran into a bunch of uh, th- a bunch of men who decided to just sort of push him into a ditch, oh, <laughs> and he landed on snow and ice. Wow. And uh, so the men went away. And as soon as he landed on the snow and ice, he started to laugh divine laughter. Mm. Uh, so he had really come to a place in consciousness where his happiness didn't really depend on what was happening to him mm. uh, in the outer world at all, and. Um, so I just really um, use that as an example, as, as what I aspire to in my own life. Mm-hmm. To be sound in your own self and, and, and to, to be in the world but not of it, perhaps would be another way of saying that. Right. And also to just make happiness um, completely an inside job. It doesn't really have to be tied to, oh, if I get into promotion, then I'll be happy or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You also talk about uh, The Little Prince, and you just that this is a classic book, of course, that many of us read as children or read as young people. So tell us how the Little Prince inspired you, and kind of how that fit into how you work with the way you do. And and tell us anything you choose to say about that, because that is a, a very touching and it's an image that many of our listeners, I'm sure, 
who've had a chance, had the pleasure of reading that particular book, would be able to relate, kind of relate to you as well through your eyes of what is in The Little Prince that moved you. Yes. Um, well, The Little Prince really um, didn't, wasn't on my radar, wasn't really part of my life at all uh, for quite some time. I read it in my teens, I guess, sure. and then I forgot about the book. And then um, somehow or other, creativity and inspiration showed up, and I found myself writing a book that included um, passages with Little Prince as uh, a way of looking at the different keys mm -hmm. that I was discussing. That's the book we're talking about, Say Yes to Life. Uh, just as soon as I started writing it, I just found myself thinking of Little Prince, and I ended up going back uh, to the book and reading it again and drawing from it. Um, the Little Prince has the word heart in it in so many different sections. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to find uh, moments in the book to quote from that really illustrate the keys that are in my book. Mm -hmm. um, for example, I guess one of the most famous uh, things that people are most familiar with is um, when the fox uh, tells the little prince that we can't really see uh, in truth, uh, we can't really see the world in its real essence unless we look through the eyes of our hearts, to paraphrase the fox. Right, right. Wow. Well, of course, that's very moving and, and right, right, on, right on point with your, with your book. So maybe if for our listeners' benefit, uh, it might be nice to have you read something from your book. Um, is there some part of it that you particularly enjoy reading uh, aloud? Because I think our listeners would be able to hear in your own voice um, the, you know, some, of the, some of what you write about. And I think that that would be, probably inspire people to, you know, to, to check, in it more, check it out more carefully. That Thank you. Um, let me just turn to a page at the end okay. uh, that isn't really in the seven keys part of it. I have additional uh, material in the book as well. Okay. Uh, beyond the seven keys. Um, so I'll just read a little bit, um, and maybe you can stop me if I'm going too no, far. No, I, no, actually what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get as much of your reading as I can rather than litig I'm not limiting you. I'm actually looking, I'm inviting for a full, a, a full expression because I think that you've, you clearly have thought this through. You've had some, you know, obviously to, what to, to my eyes, you've, you have some very interesting foundational thinking on this topic. So be, by, by us taking, stepping back and getting my voice out of it and giving your voice more space, I think we'll do a better job for you in terms of letting our listeners really hear what you have to say. Thank you. I'll read a few paragraphs for sure. Please, yeah. Okay. The time has come for the community of humankind to be honest about what we can do with God's help. God is always waiting for us to gaze into her face. God is waiting for us to look into our hearts and discover the great love we have for life, the love we've had within since before we were born. God is waiting for us to stand in honesty before ourselves and one another, to come out of hiding and to stand in the place of knowing we were made to shine the light of God into the world in our own way. God waits for us to hear her invitation to walk always towards heaven, to release the images and beliefs that pull us toward illusion. The time has come for us to hear God clearly when she says our names, to know God invites us to agree with her each time she says, Beloved soul, you were made from light and love. 
no more pretending that we know, know ourselves better than God knows us. No more clinging to our understanding of ourselves as living in another realm, not God's realm. No more painting our self-portraits using shame and guilt as the reference points for who we are. No more thinking we do not have a choice about what our self-portrait will look like. So that's from the end of the book where I get a little bit more um, religious, perhaps a little bit more traditional in my language. Mm -hmm. At the start of the book, I think um, I tend to be um, a little bit more spiritual as opposed to religious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, I loved what you just did. And so what I'm hoping we can do is we'll take a little break and then we'll come back and have you read a little more, if you wouldn't mind. Wonderful. We're listening to Elliot Robertson and his book saying, Say Yes to Life. We'll be back with you in just a moment. Please stay tuned. Programming for KSVY is brought to you in part by the Tina Schoen Group, located at Sotheby's International Realty. And this health moment is brought to you in part by Sonoma Valley Hospital. Staying active is the cornerstone of a healthy lifestyle. Studies show that prolonged sitting actively promotes numerous diseases, including obesity. There are ways to minimize that risk, such as taking the stairs, dancing to your favorite song, and walking with your colleagues. Try adding these activities until they become part of your lifestyle. Doing aerobic exercise is one of the best things you can do for your mental and physical health. Welcome back to Health Matters. Dr. Ned Hoke today joined by uh, Elliot Robertson and his new book called Say Yes to Life. And he is available and more of his information is available at ElliotRobertsonCoach.com. So Elliot, like I said, I was inspired by what you started with. With So let's let's stay on that road. You're, you're doing such a wonderful job. And so grab something that really says something that talks really well from the book uh, about more of what you choose to be talking about. Thank you. I decided that maybe we could actually look at one of the keys Good. if we're going to do some more reading. Okay. The first key is say yes to your expansiveness. Okay. Um, and I'll just start by reading a short quote from The Little Prince, okay. and then we'll continue uh, based on that quote. Okay. So The Little Prince has this part in it. I raised the bucket to his lips, and he's saying, oh, this is the aviator that he raised the bucket to the little, the little prince's lips. Right. He drank, eyes closed. It was a sweet, as sweet as a feast. That water was more than merely a drink. It was born of our walk beneath the stars, of the song of the pelly, of the effort of my arms. It did the heart good, like a present. And it doesn't really matter if you haven't read The Little Prince uh, or if you don't really follow that quote, um, because we'll go on and then it will come to life. Good. I asked the aviator to think back when he had experienced expansiveness. I'm in, I'm, uh, in this book talking to the, um, the aviator in, in The Little Prince, talking right. to Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. Right. So I asked the aviator to think back to a time when he had experienced expansiveness uh, in The Little Prince. And then this is what the aviator says to me. Uh, one of the expansive moments of my life was near the end of our time together. After The Little Prince fell asleep, I carried him in my arms, hoping to come upon water. The daybreak, by daybreak, we had found a well. 
the little prince headed to the well to start to pull on the rope to bring the water up, but at once I took over, not wanting him to get tired. The sound of the pulley carrying the bucket up was like music to my ears, and then I let him drink from the bucket. That's beautiful, I respond. Now close your eyes, and please go within for a minute, I ask the aviator to go within. The aviator remains standing before me, now with his eyes shut. Ask your heart this question, I continued. Was I being more true to who I am when I was annoyed by the seeming frivolous question earlier on? Or when I helped the little prince quench his thirst? The aviator smiled. He gazed brightly into my eyes. That was who I am, the man taking joy in caring for the little prince. When I was annoyed, I was forgetting who I am. Mm. So in that chapter, we look at two different scenes from the little prince. One when the um, when the aviator was really annoyed by the little prince, and one when he was uh, the one we went over just now, mm-hmm. and he decided that his true self uh, was when he was being loving and, and caring for the little bo- the little boy. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Um, well, that's the end of that scene. Okay. Well, that's fine, and. Um if there's anything else that we should cover before we conclude, please let's do that. So what, what, what is the sort of last thing that you'd like to share with our audience? Um, well, as I was saying earlier at the start, um, my hope for everybody is that they'll expand their vision of who they are and see themselves as noble and unique and magnificent. Um, and just really, I could have named the book Say Yes to Who You Are. Mm-hmm. And that's my hope for everybody is that they'll not only say yes to life, but also say yes to who they are, celebrate who they are, celebrate their own uniqueness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really get in touch with how they are like nobody else in the entire world mm-hmm. and to take joy in that. Mm-hmm. So tell our listeners about how they might uh, find the book. Where 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 might it be available? Is it probably on Amazon? Uh, yes, people can go to Amazon.com and search for Say Yes to Life. Okay. Or if people would like to know more about the book and then decide, the book uh, has a page on the web, and that page is www.sayyestolifebook.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. And are you... Where are you operating out of? What what part of the country are you in? I live in Philadelphia. Uh huh. Okay. So, are you doing a, a book tour? Are you getting out and seeing the world at all a little bit with this book? Are you? Is that part of the plan? Or so far, I don't have any um, book tour live events uh, lined up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do have a number of radio programs lined up. I see. Okay. So, are you appearing on a regular basis on on the air, or is this kind of catch as catch can in terms of this radio station, this radio station, or? But do you do you also have a podcast, or do you have anything else that our listeners may, might be able to tune in and hear your voice on a regular basis? Yeah, this would just be my website. Uh-huh. That's my only regular basis. And then if you do go to my website, you can sign up for a monthly newsletter if you'd like. That's what I was. That was where I was going next. What well, I was going to ask you to tell our listeners a little bit more more about what's actually on the website. I mean, I, w- I went there briefly and I saw that there was some 
there were some articles that you'd written. And so say a little bit more about what's there so our listeners might have be inspired to go actually look at the website. Sure. Uh, if you go to the website, you'll uh, get a little bit of um, a sense as to what my approach is mm-hmm. uh, to coaching. Right. And uh, you'll also get a chance to buy some meditations. In fact, there's one meditation that's being offered for no charge. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really short meditation. And then the guided visualizations are available on the products page. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also an uh, opportunity to, to um, let us know that you would like to get the newsletter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can apply for that, mm-hmm. <laughs> or uh, sign up for that, I mean. Sure. And then um, there's also a page um, that does have some um, blogs and articles uh, that will provide some inf- interesting information and maybe give you a better sense as to what my approach is to um, working with people mm-hmm. to um, help them uh, have a higher level of happiness. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a, I'm sure that the vast majority of our listeners could look in the mirror and say, you know, I could take, I could learn something from this gentleman. I could, I could in, in, imbibe some of this teaching. So I'm, we're certainly have been grateful that you spent some time with us today, Elliot. And I wish you well with this book. And I thank you so much for taking some time for us today. Thank you so much. I appreciate your inviting me. All right. Take care. Thank you. So there we are. That's uh, Elliot Robertson, ElliotRobertson.com. And uh, like I said, I didn't have a chance to actually look at the book since it was kind of a sudden thing that came my way. So now, as I promised at the beginning of the program, I was going to return to um, a reading from Picor Iyer's book called The Art of Stillness. We had such a good response to it last week. So here we go again. This is actually right from the introduction, and it says, Going Nowhere is the chapter title. The sun was uh, scattering diamonds across the ocean as I drove toward the deserts in the east. Leonard Cohen, my hero since boyhood, was singing so long to Marianne on my sound system when I turned onto a snarl, the freeways that clog and clutter central Los Angeles. The sharp winter rain dis- disappeared behind a wall of gray more than an hour, and then it, I, at last I drew out against into the clear. Turning off the freeway, I followed a, a, a riddle of side streets to a narrow road, all but empty, that snaked up into the high, dark San Gabriel Mountains. Very soon, all commotion fell away. Los Angeles simplified itself into a silhouette of peaks in the distance. High up, the signs prohibiting the throwing of snowballs now appeared along the road. I came to a cluster of rough cabins scattered along a hillside. A small man in his 60s stooped and shaved head, shaven head stood waiting for me in the rough parking lot. As soon as I got out of my car, he offered a deep ceremonial bow, though we'd never met before, and insisted on carrying my things into the cabin where I was to stay for the next many days. His dark and threadbare monastic robes flew around him in the wind. Once inside the shelter of the room, the monk started cutting up some freshly baked bread to uh, console me from my long drive. He put a, a kettle for tea, and he told me that he told me he had a wife for me if I wanted, in case I didn't, and, and I had one on the way. 
I'd come up here in order to write about my host's near-silent, anonymous life in the mountains. But for the moment, I lost all sense of where I was. I could hardly believe that this rabbinical-seeming gentleman was wire with wire-rimmed glasses and a, wool, and a wool cap, was in truth the singer and poet who'd been renowned for 30 years as an international heartthrob, a constant traveler, and our Amani-clad man of the world. Leonard Cohen had come into this old world redoubt to make, make a life, an art out of stillness. He was working on simplifying himself as fiercely as he might on a, the verses of one of his songs, where he spends most of his, where he spent more than uh, 10 years of polishing to perfection. The week I was visiting, he was essentially spending seven days and nights in a bare meditation hall, sitting stock still. His name in the monastery, uh, Icon, Jaikan, referred to the silence between the two thoughts, between two thoughts. The rest of the time, he largely spent doing odd jobs around the property, cleaning dishes and and the kitchen, most of all, tending to the Japanese abbot of Mount Baldy Zen Center, uh, Joshu Sasaki, then 88 years old. Cohen ended up sitting still with his elderly friend for more than 40 years. One evening, four in the morning, the end of, the, uh, end of December, Cohen took time out from his meditations to walk down to my cabin and try to explain what he was doing here. Sitting still, he said, with an unexpected passion, was the really was really excuse me was the real deep entertainment he found in his sixty one years in the on the planet. Real profound and and uh, voluptuousness and delicious entertainment. The real feast that is available within this activity. This kind of ties into what our previous guest, Elliot Robertson, was talking about coming from within. It's a perfect, actually quite a perfect tie-in. When he was, uh, was he kidding? Cohen is famous for his mischief and, and ironies. He wasn't. I realized as he went on, what else would, would, would I be doing, he asked. Would I be st starting a new marriage with a young woman or raising another family, finding new drugs, buying more expensive wine? I don't know. This seemed to me the most luxurious and, and sumptuous re, uh, response to the emptiness of my own existence. Typically, the lofty and, and pitiless words living on such close terms with silence clearly hadn't diminished his gift for golden sentences. But the, world, but the words carried a weight when coming from one of who seemed to have tasted all the pleasures that the world has to offer. Being in this remote place of stillness had nothing to do with piety or purity, he assured me. It was simply the most practical way he'd found of working through the confusion and terror that had long been his bedfellows. Sitting still with this agent Japanese friend, with his aged Japanese friend, sipping kovasier and listening to the crickets deep into the night, was the closest he'd come to finding lasting happiness, the kind that doesn't change even when life throws up one of its regular challenges and disruptions. Nothing touches it, Cohen said, as the light came into the cabin 
of sitting still. Then he re remembered himself, perhaps, and gave me a crinkly, crooked smile. Except if you're, if you're a courtin', he asked. If you're young, the hormonal thrust has its own excitement. Going nowhere, as Cohen described it, was the grand adventure of that, that makes sense of, every day, of everything else. Sitting still as a way of falling in love with the world and everything in it, I've seldom thought of like that. Going nowhere as a way of cutting through the noise and finding the free time, the fresh time, excuse me, and energy to share with others, I'd sometimes moved toward the idea, but it had never come home to me so powerfully as in this example of this man who seemed to have everything, yet found his happiness, his freedom, in giving everything up. Late one night, as my gracious host tried to instruct me in the proper way of sitting in a lotus position, uh, uh, rigorous but relaxed, I couldn't find the words to tell him that I'd never been tempted to meditate. As one who'd been crossing continents al al alone since the age of nine, I'd always found to my delight in my delight in movement. I'd even become a travel writer, so that my business and my pleasure would become one. Again, we're reading from Picor Iyer's book called The Art of Stillness. This is chapter one. Yet as Cohen talked about the art of sitting still, in other words, uh, clearing the head, st stilling the emotions, and as I observed the sense of attention, kindness, and even delight that seemed to arise out of his life in going nowhere, I began to think about how liberating it might be for any of us to give it a try. One could start just by sit, taking a few minutes out of every day to sit quietly and do nothing, letting what moves one to rise to the surface. One could take a few days out of every season and go to a retreat and enjoy a long walk in the, in the wilderness, recalling that what lies deeper than the moment or the self. One could even, as Cohen was doing, try to find a life in which stage sets and performances disappear, and one is reminded at a level deeper than, in all words, how making a living and making a life sometimes point in opposite directions. The idea has been around a lo as long as humans have been, of course, the poets of the East Asia, the philosophers of ancient Greece and Rome, regularly made stillness the center of their lives. But has the need for being in one place ever been as vital as, it, as right now after a 30 year study of time diaries two so, uh, sociologists found that Americans are actually working fewer hours than we did in the 1960s but we feel as if we're working more we have the sense too often of running at top speed and never being able to catch up anyway those are some words from Picor Iyer's book The Art of Stillness it pleases me to read it, and I'm hoping it was entertaining for you as well. So we're grateful to Elliot Robertson for joining us today and sharing some of his book, Saying Yes to Life. And that's pretty much what uh, Tikor Iyer was writing about in his book, uh, or that is, in The Art of Stillness, what, what uh, Leonard Cohen was talking about in terms of his life. 
So, um, again, saying yes to life, the seven keys to living a full out from within, sort of goes along with that, with that pattern. And we're happy to have you along as our guest and our listeners, and we're always happy to hear what you have to say. You, you're welcome to give us an email uh, message at ksvyhealth at gmail.com. And we'll be back with you again next week. And until then, I, I bid you well. Happy 2020, and thanks for listening and supporting KSVY, the voice of the Valley. To all of you who donated to KSVY this past year, we sincerely thank you. Without your donations, we would not be able to do what we do, because we depend solely on our sponsors and listeners for financial support. If you're a frequent listener but have not yet made a donation to the station, please consider changing that by going to ksvy.org and clicking on the Donate button. Please give what you can to support KSVY and help us to continue being the voice of the Valley in 2020. Thanks so much and a happy 2020 from all of us at KSVY. Programming for KSVY is brought to you in part by the Tina Schoen Group, located at Sotheby's International Realty on the beautiful Sonoma Plaza. Tina and her team of professionals.